This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Cindy Howard from Search and Rescue. Cindy's been in the Valley for 25 years, having moved here from Longmont. She's the Director of the Office of Emergency Management for Custer County and is also a Public Information Officer for the Colorado State Rescue Board. Cindy, welcome to the program. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having me. To start off, how long have you been part of Search and Rescue and what got you interested in the first place? I joined Custer County Search and Rescue in 2007. Uh, Lynn Preble was my inspiration to join Custer County SAR, and she got me involved right after I returned from a trip to Guatemala, climbing some volcanoes, and I was in the process of trying to bag all the 14ers in Colorado working on my list, and just seemed like a natural progression. And Lynn has uh, bagged all the... 13ers also. Which and is, all the which, high points. Which is a, which is a huge, uh, huge thing. We don't see much of Lynn these days because they're always on the road. Yeah, they're <laughs> out having fun. Exactly. <laughs> so Search and Rescue, how many volunteers are there currently? We have about 34 volunteers right now, including 11 probationary members. And what makes a good volunteer for Search and Rescue? Someone who's familiar with the outdoors, loves to get out and do the hiking. We're particularly interested in folks that can technical rock climb and do some of the rope rescue skills. But we also have a great need for people that can help in the office with our website management, vehicle maintenance, uh, accounting, finance, um, administration, lots of different areas you can help. So like a lot of organizations, there's something for everyone because everybody brings different skills to the table. Yeah, there really is. And what is your general geographic jurisdiction? Custer County Search and Rescue covers the county of Custer, but we also do mutual aid among the neighboring counties. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of missions in Sawatch County, as you can imagine, up in South Colony, everything over Broken Hand Pass or pretty much over the ridgeline is Swatch County. We do a lot of missions for Swatch, Pueblo, Warfano, and we help Fremont County and occasionally other teams. And if you need uh, expertise from outside of Search and Rescue, Custer County, there are groups you can call on too, I would guess. Yeah, we can call our neighboring teams for mutual aid, and we have many mutual aid agreements already drafted. And we can also reach out to the State Rescue Board, and they can help us with their mission coordinator, coordinate other missions. And it's not always technical folks. It could be an incident management team. It could be help from the Colorado National Guard in the form of a Blackhawk or Lakota. Mm -hmm. And uh, we also reach out to Flight for Life and Reach Air for a lot of our air assets. How many missions do you have in a year, would you guess? We ran 26 missions in 2017. That was down from our all-time high of 30 missions in 2016. And all the teams statewide are seeing a rise in mission counts. Hmm. And that rise is because of just more people active in the wilderness uh, or something else? Well, per capita, missions haven't really risen, but the state population has risen, and uh, the popularity of the 14ers and other pretty you know, high-risk activities, <laughs> are, are, we're starting to see a, a rise, I think, due to that. 
how does the number vary seasonally? I would guess the summer is the most active, but what, what do you see in the various seasons? We see seasons typically throughout the year, but most of our missions occur between Memorial Day and Labor Day, okay. and uh, even into hunting season. Our last mission in 2017 was December 23rd, and we, knock on wood, haven't had a mission yet for the year. That's a good thing. Oh, that's a great thing. Um, <laughs> so remind me how long you've been part of Search and Rescue. I joined Search and Rescue in 2007, so this is my 11th year. All right. So could you relate to us one or two memorable missions to give folks a chance to kind of understand what goes on? One of my most memorable missions was uh, assisting Sawatch County with a injured climber on Challenger Point and we were trying to fly the Custer County team in from Flight for Life in the morning, and due to weather conditions, we weren't able to do that. We drove around the mountain, arrived in Creststone. Other teams were there from Western State, Alamosa, the Sawatch team, and a Blackhawk was coming in, and we were getting ready to watch the Alamosa team board, and just moments before uh, it was time to board, the uh, crew came off the Blackhawk and decided the Custer County team of four was flying in instead. And so we thought we were observers and got the go-ahead to <laughs> load now. And before we knew it, and, and much to our surprise, we were flying in to do a low-angle rescue mm. uh, of a climber. Thinking about the uh, Sangres, what areas in Custer County do you find yourself most frequently in? The Crestone Group. Yeah, the Crestone Group, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Crestone Group, Crestone Needle, and Crestone Peak by yeah. their formal names. Mm -hmm. And those are the two biggest ones we see missions on. Typically, they're on the Sawatch County side, but Custer County has access. And through mutual aid agreements, we typically take a lot of those responses. So the, the Crestone Needle in that area, if someone wants to explore that, what advice would you give them? Uh, there's a lot of things on the preventative search and rescue side, but number one is don't exceed your ability. Mm -hmm. The Crestone Group, particularly those two 14ers, are technical climbs. Most of the routes, class four, scrambling, and knowing your route finding is critical. Knowing that you can always come and climb that mountain another day. Mm -hmm. We see a lot of folks with summit fever that they've got a limited amount of time on the weekend and when they just need to bag that summit and <laughs> the mountain's not going anywhere and you're a lot better off to realize that it's it's a good day to come back and let the mountain win um we also see people make mistakes so typically when we interview people after an incident it's not just one mistake they left home late they forgot a critical piece of gear the weather they were pushing the weather mm -hmm. they didn't have something wasn't right. And so it's usually a accumulation of events. And it's not just one thing. The warning signs were there if they had looked at, oh, this went wrong, and time to turn back. What are the most challenging types of missions for search and rescue? Those up in the technical terrain. Um, mm -hmm. It takes a lot of people, a lot of gear to get in there. Uh, weather and nighttime conditions can be a factor. Anything where you're outside on a nice warm day and and we can see things go from sunny and warm to a major hailstorm in the middle of a mission like we saw last year mm -hmm. on Crestone Needle. Do you use uh, various types of vehicles? It seems like in the parade uh, search and rescue is showing off some of their vehicles. What what sorts do you have? 
We have three ATVs. All can run with wheels or tracks. This year, due to the weak snow conditions, we haven't even put our tracks on those vehicles. We have um, a titanium litter, and we have a way to haul that litter behind one of the ATVs. Mm -hmm. We also have a wheel attachment for going old school on the trail and humans to, to manage that litter and wheel. We have a couple of those. Uh, we have multiple vehicles. And then the rest gets pretty much into the medical gear and the technical gear. We mm -hmm. have a lot of ropes, a lot of technical climbing gear, a lot of ways to rig, whether it's a uh, haul system or a lowering system, and then the various helmets, harnesses, and associated equipment that goes along with that. Am I correct saying that everyone is a volunteer at Search and Rescue? Everyone in Search and Rescue gets paid the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of like the radio station here, yeah. And now Search and Rescue uh, still has need of funds and is always near the top of the list on the Spirit Campaign donations. So you've got broad support within the community. Are there other funding sources that you have? We reach out to the Division of Local Affairs for Colorado with a program they call the End of the Year Award. Mm -hmm. And it's funded by the Colorado Outdoor Recreation Search and Rescue Card, which is where individuals buy one-year or five-year search and rescue cards. And those proceeds reimburse teams for mission expenses. If we damage gear, typically we have to retire ropes after one mm -hmm. hard use on a mission, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of expenses there. But any money that happens to be left over in the pot at the end of the year has to be, the the state budget has to balance to zero June 30th. So mm -hmm. we put in for grant awards and split those with other teams around the state. And mm -hmm. that's one of our big grant funding sources. We've also got a little bit of fund from the uh, Southern Colorado RETAC, which is the Regional Trauma Advisory Council. They helped us fund our new truck, and, and that was a 50-50 funding opportunity through RETAC and the EMTS Provider Grant. So we reach out. We look to a lot of different grant sources. We've worked with El Pamar. We're looking to work with them again, and uh, we have a pretty long wish list, and we're always trying to upgrade, and some of our equipment is sadly outdated. Things are more expensive and lighter and stronger, and that's what we're looking to upgrade a lot of our equipment to. What's on your equipment wish list currently? Uh, we're looking at some new, stronger, lighter weight ropes, um, upgrading carabiners and some of our uh, technical equipment. We are trying to outfit our new vehicle with a complete redundant setup of another titanium litter and skeds and ropes and patient packaging and all the assorted gear there. So that'll probably be a project in about the neighborhood of $10,000 to, mm -hmm. uh, to uh, equip that vehicle. Now, if someone was interested in volunteering, are you currently in need of help? We're always looking for volunteers. Right now, we have a lot of probationary members, so unless somebody is really has some skills to bring to the team, we have a temporary freeze just because we're going into this season with a lot of volunteers, new volunteers, mm -hmm. and we always will fast-track the right person and get them through. We're a 501c3, but we're considered a non-county search and rescue team, which basically means that we still report to the sheriff by way of a mutual aid agreement, and that allows us to be a 501c3 and seek grant funding 
but the sheriff still has the final say. He background checks all of our employees. We work with the county to get our workers comp, so we have to keep our roster numbers um, in line with what the county workers' compensation will allow. But we do have those benefits for folks. We also have some life insurance benefits, and we've one of our major expenses is insurance for our vehicles, for our mm -hmm. directors, for our team liability. If folks out there in Radioland are interested in finding out more about search and rescue and the possibility of volunteering, uh, how would they get in touch? Well, we've got our website, which is custersar.org, and there's some information there for prospective members. And then we have our general membership meetings the second Monday night of every month at the SAR building at 710 Rosita. It's just east of the sheriff's office, mm -hmm. and those meetings are at 630 every month except for December. And they're always open to the public for prospective members and guest speakers that'd like to attend. And if folks are looking for the SAR building, they can look for the uh, KLZR transmitter. That's right. <laughs> and and that radio tower is a little bit taller and bigger than the sheriff's. So oh, there you go. Yeah, you just look for the twin towers there, it, and we're the, the exactly. larger of the two. Exactly. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone new in the Valley, just as a, someone who's lived here for 25 years? Um, as far as getting out in the mountains and enjoying them, I would say... Be ready. Pack yeah, your, pack your kit. Pack your kit with the 10 essentials. Have your navigation and your illumination and uh, your rain gear and um, all, the, all the basics. Know where you're going and be aware that there's a lot of blowdown and beetle kill. So if you are checking out a trail, you might want to stop by the Forest Service office. And some of the trails, they have maps. Some of the trails are not maintained trails. Some mm -hmm. are open and and maintained and the blowdown is removed but a lot of great country out there uh, just know your abilities start out with something a little bit easier and start working up to the bigger peaks and you know if you're if you're living here you're a step ahead of the rest of us you know that aren't the rest of the the folks that aren't here they have to drive here to get out and and get into the country they want and you've got an opportunity all year round to get out and enjoy and if you're new to uh, hiking in the Sangres, there's quite a few people around town who would be glad to uh, show you the ropes, so to speak, in terms of where the trails are and those sorts of things. It's always good to go out with other folks. Absolutely, and uh, letting someone know where you're going, what trailhead or what route you're going to be on, what where your vehicle is going to be parked. If you are overdue, we need to locate a vehicle before we can uh, start a search. And anyone who is overdue, all the all of our call-outs have to be authorized by the sheriff's office, so don't call Search and Rescue Direct. If, if you're in need of help or you know someone that is, be sure to call 911 for that help or call the sheriff's department, and they will activate Search and Rescue. Good. Cindy, as we run out of time, is there anything we've missed here in this conversation? I'd just like to really thank the community for all their support. We have been able to do some amazing things as a small team that other teams can't do and that's because of the people in this community and because of the community foundation and we're just really grateful to be here and be a part of that community and serve people that need our assistance. Thanks to you and all the folks at uh, Search and Rescue for keeping the rest of us safe out there. We've been visiting with Cindy Howard from Search and Rescue. We'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. 
Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 